It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live Entertainment Review. Roll out the red carpet. Here's Michelle. carpet for me let's do it for our next guest and a movie that targets teens in a way that is so cool and powerful what's your experience working with troubled teens this is miss grace she's here to teach you music sounds like a waste of time (laughs) (laughs) we got a saying around here meet them where they are at and then anything past that is a calling I thought we were safe here. Like, are you even a real teacher? Because I ain't heard nothing yet that matters. See, I thought we hired a teacher. No, what you did was hire the sitter. That's what this is. A life doing big things. Big? That ain't us. Even if we want to move on, the world doesn't just let you forget. If we only expect a minimum from them, that is all we're going to get. What do you want? I want to help. Well, then help. You know, I stopped dreaming a long time ago. But since you've been here, I mean, I'm dreaming again. Your family doesn't define who you are or where you're going. Stop believing in lies that this is all that there is. You Stand up and fight! Stand up and fight for yourselves! I don't know how to move on. I don't know. If this is what you want me to do, God. Please give me the strength. Our guest is Karen Abercrombie. She's an award-winning actress, and you may know her best from War Room. She played the 80-year-old prayer warrior, Miss Clara. And now she's in a new film that I don't think you'll want to miss, Discarded Things, now streaming on Pure Flex. Karen, so happy to have you join us today. Oh, my goodness. I am so happy to be here with you. I am so happy. Thank you so much. Discarded Things is a film that I'm pretty excited about. Wouldn't you say that the media targets teens for absolutely everything, but it's oversexed, over-drugged, and focusing on some of the worst behaviors? 100%, I would, 100%. Yeah, so the media does kind of target target kids in the wrong direction for the wrong purpose. Yes. Yes, it really does. Um, It's so interesting how uh, television and film, uh, they they pull kids in, they lure them in with uh, intentions of this great love uh, uh, for money and sex and fame, popularity without thinking about um, how all of this uh, can, can damage a child, you know? And so um, never taking any of that into consideration, not even caring 
they never really address what happens to kids who have been out there, who have experienced these things, and um, now they're just out there lost. Then what? What? Discarded Things is a bit different. It covers Grace Wyatt, your character, a music professor whose life is disrupted uh, by the death of her husband. Alcohol is her coping mechanism, and she seeks help um, in a Christian recovery center. Finding a job as a music teacher for at-risk youth uh, things start to change. What would you like folks to come away from this movie that's different than what we see in most media outlets, most films, and most television shows? They should walk away with um, open minds, open hearts, open spirits. Many times uh, we find ourselves, quote unquote, okay, so therefore, we judge and we become hypocrites and not knowing how someone arrived to a destination that they now find themselves in. Now, my family, we uh, fostered and did a couple of foster adopts uh, for a while. And um, it's very interesting. When I wrote the story, I definitely wanted to address issues that happen with the older children because nobody wants to adopt the older children. They want the the newborns that they can mold the way they want to mold them. And uh, we all know that doesn't always come out to be the case. A lot of times television and the entertainment that they take in and the idols that they have end up molding them. But anyway, um, this is a chance where they can see some kids that come from some uh, horrific backgrounds, very painful backgrounds, but these kids have so much. God has gifted them with so much, and they just need an opportunity for someone to see them, to really see them without judging them. You know, call them so that they stand in line, yes. You know, uh, uh, respect for respect, yes. But then open up to who they really are and be willing to, to love them. And everybody responds to love for the most part, even plants. You can talk to a plant and, and, and it responds. So, so much more a human. It's not just the at-risk youth. It seems like all of American youth are at risk of being victims of the media, the media that bombards them on a level most of us have never experienced that's happening today from social media, from movies and television with images and standards that are impossible to meet, even for those who are portrayed on the camera. It is a difficult world. So the world who views the movie Discarded Things can relate because in one way or another, we all feel discarded. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it, 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 immediately, immediately, if you're not tall enough, if you're not this enough, if your, your 
your, your breasts aren't big enough or they're too big or your, your, your rear is not big enough or it's too big or this or that or this or that. And, and you know, that's always changing, right? Uh, uh, in two months uh, to six months, then everything is thin is in, super thin, no breasts, no hind part. It's just ridiculous. So the earlier we can get into our children, that because they were purposed here in the first place, they were thought about and they are gifted and they have great, great potential inside. They just need some nurturing and, 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 and to get that message over and over again that they are perfectly, perfectly who they are, the way that God, the master created them to be. And as we all feel a bit discarded, talking about the new movie on Pure Flix, Discarded Things, we can be victims as well, feeling like we don't have enough, we don't look the right way, but also we don't have enough. Another way that our kids are falling victim, and in some ways you deal with in the film. You have to have this to do that. You have to, you know, always keep trying to keep them out of alignment, trying to keep them on edge and doing a great job. Because I hate to say a lot of parents have fallen into it too. So I, I, I speak to a lot of parents that say, well, I'm working to give Bobby everything I didn't have. When really, when Bobby was small, all he wanted was a wooden spoon and a cardboard box. And Bobby was fine. We had to teach them to have that appetite for the 17 PlayStations and the uh, new Samsung phone that comes out every year. That's a learned thing. Karen, such an exciting time to be in because even through all of this brokenness, there's nothing new under the sun and the same life-changing power that God gave us back in the Bible days, we really can see and you see it played out in this film. Yes, yes, yes. And it, just like it did uh, 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 thousands of years ago, it moves mountains and it raises the dead physically and spiritually, emotionally. So as you put together discarded things, you had in mind that miracles still happen today? You know, we've gotten so used to seeing other things that we can't see the miracles. uh, 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 An ant, how they work together. I went to Africa to do a mission trip, and uh, I was hiking in the mountains by uh, the Nile River, and it was my first time seeing this giant ant hill. And I was like, oh, my goodness, if ants can do that working together, how much more can we do working together? So, yes, there are miracles and there are lessons all around us if we just stop. You know, we've gotten so used to seeing other things that we can't see the miracles. And ant, how they work together. I went to Africa to do a mission trip. And uh, I was hiking in the mountains by uh, the Nile River. And it was my first time seeing this giant, Ant hill, and I was like, "Oh my goodness! If ants can do that working together, how much more can we do working 
together. So, yes, there are miracles and there are lessons all around us if we just stop. Karen, I ask everyone who's involved in a faith project like this movie about some of the crazy, cool, even miraculous things that happen. I have never experienced anyone saying, yeah, nothing extraordinary happened on this set. So I want to hear that story, the story that just blows you away. Well, there was an individual who offered from Pitch, who is a billionaire, who offered, and a fan of mine from War Room, offered to give me some money. So I'm putting everything in motion, and when it comes time for the money, he backs out. So I said, okay, God, you gave this to me. You are the provider. If you want it to be, it will be. And then he started putting people in my life. Uh, uh, People provided homes for my actors to stay in. Friend that I had met came and cooked all the meals, and and they were balanced, delicious meals. Everyone on set was respectable and responsible and uh, responsive to kindness. It was one of the best sets that I had ever been on outside of. I say it would compare to the Kendrick Brothers because there was always prayer before we started and and always respect. And so with with the little bit I had in my jar, God multiplied it. And um then yeah yeah yeah. And then uh so so the movie's out, it's ready to come out. And uh here comes COVID. So we can't screen in theaters, but that's okay too because I've, I had been uh, submitting it to festivals around the world. People are loving it. It is touching lives as it is. I managed to get distribution. It's uh, running on PureFlix right now, which to me is certainly a wonderful marketing tool for it. And God is not finished with it yet. But see, with this film, I'm touching people who people don't make films about. I'm so enjoying this time with you. Your enthusiasm for your faith is so infectious. The movie Discarded Things, I know your heart in doing this film is to show God's love, to show his mercy, that there is no place that you can go that is too far, that redemption can't find you. Yes. Yes, there is healing, forgiveness, and hope, you know, and as God brings uh, her through, the main character that I played, uh, he brings the kids through too. You know, we're all in the same place. We're all in this together. So, yeah. Karen Abercrombie has been with us from the new film, Discarded Things. You can go to Pure Flix, where there's a lot of family-friendly movies. If you think you've watched it all, there's some hope for you because there may be some new films there, right? Thank you so much for having me. Continue blessings to you and yours as well as your listeners. Thank you, Karen. We loved you in War Room. We love you today. It's been so much fun. Keep up the good work. Keep up the the faith. Keep making good projects. I appreciate it. And you continue to do it as well. May he continue to keep you lifted up, provide, protect, and just love on you in a way that you know, oh, this is my heavenly
More entertainment at MyMichelleLive.com. I think Karen Abercrombie should be teaching every child. She seems like she knows more about what's going on and how we should act than most people do today. Thank you again for listening to My Michelle Live. My name is Lisa J. And we have another incredible entertainment review coming up next. And it's all about the heart. Thank you for being with us today for our entertainment review. There is a television show that many of us have come to love over the years that to me has always had special significance during Christmas. So we like to engage with a, a gentleman who is behind it all, the executive producer of Win calls the heart. He is the an author and really knows how to bring Wing Calls the Heart really to a deeper level in our hearts. Brian Bird. Brian, so glad to have you with us. So great to be with you, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Hey Michelle, I have an awesome sound bite from One Calls the Heart. Did you want to hear it? Yes. All right, here you go. When are you leaving? Tomorrow. Sorry to see you go. It's just part of the job. Here one day, gone another. Is this what you want? Someone needs to install these new phone lines. Is this what you want? I should be grateful to even have a job. Fiona. I'm just a very small cog in a big wheel. I'm dispensable. And why would you say that? That's what my boss told me. You are neither small nor dispensable. You shouldn't let anyone make you feel that way. It is a another season, a season eight of When Calls the Heart. And if you haven't seen When Calls the Heart, uh, I binge watched uh, maybe two and a half years ago, just binged watched it that every spare moment, I think. And it was so enchanting. It is, if you, I don't know if you recall, if you're of a certain age, you may remember stories like the Waltons or Little House on the Prairie that just have this beautiful story, family oriented values that are familiar to us and traditional spun in in a great way and that's in the spirit of when calls the heart can you give us a little overview sure sure well you you mentioned uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants like the waltons and little house on the prairie and it's no uh coincidence michelle that uh my partner and creator on 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 when calls the heart is michael langdon jr so we're sort of living the legacy (laughs) of Little House on the Prairie in When Calls the Heart. And it's essentially a show about a, a school teacher who grows up in, 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 a, in a wealthy family in the East and moves West on the prairie to teach school in a, in a, in a prairie town and falls in love with a, uh, with a Mountie. And, uh, and it's sort of... Uh, 
full of humor and emotion and romance. That's what we like to like to say. Her humor, emotion, and romance. And the the show has been going strong now for seven seasons, and we just finished shooting season eight, which will come to to everybody's TVs and online and however they consume their content uh, in, in February of, two, of 2021. So we're excited to roll out 12 brand new episodes of season eight in 2021. So it's, it's been an amazing journey for us as producers and, and writers and creators and, and uh, the cast and crew to, to do a show that is family-friendly, faith-friendly, uh, and harkens back to uh, the legacy of a show like Little House on the Prairie. It really does. The show itself has uh, brought people through the story, through a lot of ups and downs, death of a loved one, death of a spouse, um, all of the crazy, horrible, and even wonderful things that we can experience in life. But uh, the show itself also, as we know, has gone through some uh, some changes and some heartache when there was the the big to do with Lori Laughlin, who was one of the the uh, stars of Wing Calls the Heart. That you know, to bring it into the real place, like real life, you deal with real problems, real people dealing with real problems, sometimes real mistakes, and having to get through it. And so, I I wanted to take our conversation almost right away to the real level. So, um, well, Michelle, you know, when calls the heart does deal with real life, you know, human issues and struggles, and uh, it is filled with uh, human beings, not only as characters but as real human beings who who get into wardrobe and and, to, and wear those clothes and and walk those streets of Hope Valley, and you know what? Sometimes uh, we look at uh, television and movies, and we look at those those folks there uh, who are are playing parts, and we forget that those are human beings that you know have their own issues, you know that they have to deal with, and and their own challenges and struggles. And so we love all of our cast and crew. We 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 loved having Lori on the show all those years, and we pray that. You know, her life can, she can turn her life around and she can get through these challenges. But as has always been the case with When Calls the Heart, even after the the, the death of Mountie Jack. In season that was hard was, for me. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That was hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> I almost didn't. I almost didn't want to watch the next season because it was just too hard. But. <laughs> we we heard that from from a few people, but the 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 heartbreak uh, that we all went through uh, when our actor Daniel Listing wanted, you know, asked us if he could leave the show. You know, he just had other dreams that he wanted to pursue. You know, we had to figure out a way to to see him off in the in the in the way that made the most sense to the show and so that was for us a a, a challenge as well you know and it just is a reminder that you know these are real people with real 
dreams and struggles and aspirations and all of that. And we want to be the kind of show that is compassionate and, and you know, t- does our, our best, you know, to take care of, you know, of our, our, our actors and, our, and the people on the show. However, we also have 3.5 million plus fans of the show that we also want to be compassionate with. And so the, 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 you have to continue on the path. You have to find a way to get past some of these human issues that sometimes can intersect with the, you know, the fictional storytelling that you, that you are creating. And so, you know, for us, it was, uh, yeah, hard, hard challenges to get through, but this is the little show that could. And it started out that way and it continues that way. And maybe it's not so little anymore when it gets sort of the amazing, uh, you know, scrutiny that it gets now from sort of a, a, a broader, a broader world. But we will continue to do stories of hope, faith and love in Hope Valley uh, as long as the audience wants it <laughs> and as long as they continue to to demand it, uh, I don't think it'll stop anytime soon. So we're we're honored uh, by our partnership with the Hallmark Channel and uh, on this show, and we will continue uh, to push forward to find our way, you know, as as long as we possibly can. Uh, and I recommend if you haven't <clears throat> taken a trip to Hope Valley uh, and watch When Calls the Heart, that it might be a nice time to uh, start binge watching, as I did a couple of years ago, as we talk with Brian Bird. He is a film and veteran of film and television and committed to making family-friendly, uplifting stories that we can enjoy. Those are the things, Brian, that people flock to. That's a Hence the success of When Calls the Heart. I, I just don't understand why people don't get that. It seems, especially right now, the things that tend to be family-friendly, that tend to be, uh, be something we can all watch and have, walk away feeling good about, uh, seem to draw in the biggest crowds and the most money. But uh, Hollywood dollars don't always go to produce that kind of entertainment. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, I, I've said this before, it's almost like, you know, Hollywood has collective amnesia when it comes to making shows <laughs> like Uncle's Art. Um, and, uh, you know, I was on another show that was very much in line with this kind of storytelling. It was called Touched by an Angel. And oh, yes, yes, that yes. That was a, a cultural icon for, for 10 seasons. And, uh, you know, people loved that show. It got huge numbers uh, on CBS. But we finished that show in 2003, and I and it seems like in the last decade and a half that the business sort of has splintered, you know, into a thousand pieces, and and all those pieces have forgotten that there's a, a vast underserved audience that is asked just begging for more shows like when calls the heart we we i think the reason the show is successful is because nobody else is doing this kind of content i mean other than the hallmark channel you can't really find this kind of content in very many places and uh i i think that the 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 fact that there are three and a half million people watching our show every week, making it the top scripted 
cable program on Sunday nights when it's on is saying something. And it means that there's an audience out there that is just begging for this kind of content. This is all I know how to do. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Right. (laughs) Please. Please do. Content for people. Uh, And and I do believe that, especially in this last year, when we've undergone so much stress and, and with the pandemic and, you know, the campaign and, you know, there's just such a division in our culture right now. And people are sort of running for the hills. And I think they need more content like this. That's the reason I, you know, that's the reason I, I did this series of, of devotionals, When God Calls the Heart. And we have yeah. When God Calls the Heart uh, at Christmas. It's a special Christmas devotional which uses the series as a jumping off point for a deeper dive for families to be able to celebrate Christmas in a very special way and to have devotions together. And and it's full of wonderful stories and anecdotes from the show, uh, but also wonderful Christmas anecdotes that the fans of our show, the Hardys, submitted to us some of their favorite Christmas stories and their favorite recipes at Christmas. And we've included all of that in the, cool. the Christmas devotional. So, yeah, so I, we, and, and, and the reason I did that book on top of, you know, uh, with the show as a jumping off point is so that we could continue to provide soul food to people when they're so hungry. <laughs> and right now, we need. We all need soul food. We really do. We're, we've been so uh, <laughs> and bruised by the, the circumstances of life uh, right. in the last, you know, year. That it's time. It's time for some soul food. Well put, Brian Bird. I have to say, we have a a crazy world we live in. It's heart wrenching for many, and being able to take what you're doing, entertainment or whatever, as your part of the podcast listening right now taking your world to what i like to refer to as the god story that's what we do on the my michelle live conglomerate here we take it to the god story and you do that not only subtly and beautifully in wayne calls the heart but really pointedly in the devotionals these this is a way to take our extraordinary amount of screen time to the next level and make it mean something, bring it to a deeper mm-hmm. level. Some of the chapters that I remember in, in, and the dealings of some of the devotionals is uh, talking about loving the unlovely, and which is something that we have to think about in, in our world, honey, not vinegar. Um, some of the, the, issues that you deal with are the very issues that we're dealing with now, even though when calls the heart is um, fictional. And even though it was set in a time long before today, the issues that we deal with are very similar and we can find Mm. some kind of, some kind of insight in a time where we really need it. Uh, What, what are some of the favorite chapters or issues that, you dealt with specifically you see in the Christmas devotional? Well, one of the favorite stories in the devotional is, is a story that happened to me when I was uh, a young boy. 
And my grandfather, my mother's father, Clarence Benson, uh, would, was a handyman all his life, could fix anything, and uh, was great with his hands. And so he came to spend some time at our house and stay with us for a handful of weeks, helping us with projects around the house. And I remember waking up one morning and hearing him humming in the bathroom. And I, I got, you know, the door was open and he was in there shaving and he was humming a Christmas carol. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I, as a little kid, I just went in and sat down and watched him shave and, <laughs> and he chatted with me. And, and I, I said, uh, Grandpa, it's not Christmas. Why are you humming a Christmas song? <laughs> and he said, Brian, every day is Christmas. <laughs> and I've never, I've never forgotten that message. It was such a powerful, simple concept that my grandpa Benson shared with me. That was his outlook on life. And we need to see the world through those kinds of spiritual eyes. And uh, I just love that story. And so I, that's, part, that's one of the true stories, the true Christmas stories that we included in the Christmas devotional when God calls the heart at Christmas. We had heard from so many of our fans of the show. They watched the show as family. And then they have these conversations with their kids, you know, what are, the, what are the learnings, what are the teachable moments that we can derive from this episode of When Calls the Heart? And I heard from so many of those, those hearties and those fans of the show saying, we wish, do, what, what else, are there more questions that we could talk about? You know, could you give us more conversation starters that we can use uh, as a takeaway from the show. And that's when uh, Michelle Cox and I began to dream up this idea of doing some When God Calls the Heart devotionals, mm -hmm. which, you know, are a jumping off. But, you know, the show becomes the jumping off point. But then we can take the conversation so much deeper and ask great questions and and take some of the, the teachable moments in the show and go even deeper with them and stretch out those teachable moments for families. And so that's why we, that's why, honestly, why we did these books. And they've been such a beautiful blessing to to the fans, I think. Yes, yes, they us, have. You know, it was a, a labor of love. And, we, and I'm just so delighted. I've never actually heard of a devotional based on a fictional TV show. <laughs> So yeah, it's pretty it, spectacular. It's a unique, unique idea, but we're 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 thrilled with that, and it's been it's been a way to connect the show even more with people and to provide that that extra extra helping of soul food. Brian, we only have maybe a minute or two left. Can you give us a little insight into season eight? Well, I can give you some. Big 36,000 foot view inside. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Ah. <laughs> I, will, I will say to you that um, we could probably call, we could probably rename Hope Valley Love Valley in season mm. eight. Okay. And, okay. Uh, decisions get made this year that some of the, some of the Hardys have been chomping at the bit for. <laughs> and um, it's going to surprise half and delight half. 
of okay. our fans. Okay. Seem fairly evenly divided about which way they want Elizabeth to go in her in her courtship, in her love life, and her future. So the uh, questions get answered, and lots of love happens in in, in Hope Valley. Okay, so there you go. Uh, Hardy's, by the way, is what uh, is lovingly referred to as Wynn calls the heart fans. They call themselves Hardy's, and you might be a Hardy too if you watch Wynn calls the heart, or if you haven't, just Google it binge watch it enjoy it with your family and as you do and even if you have maybe rewatch, and do it with the devotional it might be a deeper way to take what we're doing in our world right now watching a lot of screen time and giving it a deeper meaning a god story that's what we look for here thank you brian baird he is the executive producer of wayne calls the heart thanks for joining us again brian Thank you, Michelle. Great to be on with you again. Thank you guys for listening to my Michelle Live with Michelle Mendoza. My name is Lisa J. And we are getting you plugged into the movies next with the famous Adam Holt. And we've got some great Christmas movies to tell you guys about. So if you're ready to get into the Christmas spirit, listen up. Plugging you into the movies with the one and only Adam Holt. I'm pretty cool. Plugging you into the movies. This is Adam Holt. Hey, Welcome Michelle. Adam. Hey. How goes it? Oh, you know, it's 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 like almost the weekend, so it's going pretty good. I know. I'm and right? hey, let's just be straight. I'm kind of excited about this time of the year because sometimes we have a deficit of things that we can watch, get connected with, that leaves us a little. I don't know, edified in any way, shape, or form, but Christmas can be that time of year. So I was hoping we could start off right away with Christmas movies, and here's why. Last week, you gave glowing uh, examples of why people might want to watch Christmas Chronicles 2, even better than Christmas Chronicles 1. I had never Christmas chronicled. I just thought, another goofy Christmas movie, I guess. (laughs) And so... I went and binge watched, or if you can binge watch too, both of them in the same night. And I yeah. love them. Uh, again, the think? first, well, the first one did have a few elements that, you know, of maybe language and, so, and some things, uh, not over the top and not, no, uh, not, it, it fit in with the what was going on in the movie so it wasn't right. out of place sometimes people put things in just for shock factor it's not there right the second one you're right was even better i could never yeah. imagine kurt russell as santa claus but he rocked it literally no he uh, will just he's say fantastic. it in was fact, amazing he, he's so good at santa claus i want him to be in all santa claus movies from now on We'll That's just my write vote. a decree. That's it. We'll just make you an know, Adam Holtz decree. <laughs> it's, a, it's a write-in, you know. Um, yeah. But he's so great, right? And he's and wonderful. It's, it's fun to see an actor or an actress, and Goldie Hawn is in this as Mrs. Claus, where it seems pretty clear that they're really having fun with the role, you know, yeah. like Kurt Kurt Russell kind of knows he's Kurt Russell playing Santa Claus, right? And there's just a gleam in his eye that sort of says, hey, look what I'm doing. 
and isn't this fun? And and I love that, you know. I enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed the imagination. The message was sweet, even. Bringing Santa Claus, or one of the movies that of all the movies that that are Santa Claus, bringing the Star of Bethlehem into yeah. the story, I thought was really precious. It it, it yeah. brought a deeper meaning to Christmas. So so enjoyable. I couldn't believe yeah. it. So too for me, it was two new Christmas movies, but definitely want to see another. Christmas movie that I watched this last week, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. It is a musical, yep. and I will say it's in the, the tradition of great musicals, where the music uh -huh. is good, uh, the songs are memorable, they are uh, modern-esque, even though it's cast in a, in a different time. That's really how musicals, and I grew up with musicals, that's how musicals were created, the good ones. Right. No, it's another terrific story. And, you know, it seems like Christmas is a, is a season that really lends itself well to redemption stories, right? Mm -hmm. You know, people who have somewhere in life they have made a left turn, things have not gone the way they hoped, and maybe – you know, maybe it's an extreme case or, or even a Scrooge-ish kind of character. It's not so much that things haven't gone the way they've hoped, but they've, they have collapsed in on themselves. And there's a message of hope that pulls them out of their own self-absorption. And, and even in Christmas Chronicles 2, you know, it is about a, it's really about a young girl, a teenager named Kate, who is struggling to deal with the fact that not only has her dad died, but now her mom is moving on with somebody new and she's not done grieving yet. And she kind of, you know, like you, you get her grief and yet she kind of collapses in on herself a little bit. And the adventure that we see in Christmas Chronicles two really pulls her out of that and, and opens up her heart. And, you know, speaking of opening up her heart, I mean, the Grinch, right? I mean, we've got hearts that are too small and, and this season, I think mm -hmm. we need, more than ever, we need big hearts, right? And maybe we can't share our hearts with people with a hug and a laugh uh, in person in the way that we're used to. But, uh, you know, I think that the movies like these, they breathe life into us because they they give us just a, a little bit of inspiration to think about how we might love the people in our world. It's also a story, both of these, Christmas Chronicle 2 and Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, of sometimes losing ourselves sometimes going a, a direction that we never thought we went we we'd ever go you see in christmas yeah. chronicle 2 the the very girl who always had that christmas spirit and is a true believer uh, yeah. kind of losing her way a little bit jingle jangle yep. uh, the main character uh, we'll talk a little bit about what that's about but he's an inventor and he kind of loses his way when life takes yep. some some left turns but finding your way back, always being that person at heart, and even a a, a bit of forgiveness and redemption in yeah. both of these stories of right. the the very people who are the bad guys, of uh, finding a a little bit of forgiveness and love. I I just yeah. how how do you go wrong? Right. No. And and there's a gentleness to these stories. Although I will say that the one 
scene where one of Santa's reindeer has an encounter with a wild animal, that was a little bit on the edgy side in Christmas Chronicles 2. That would be the one caveat I would give is the really, really little kids or people who are super sensitive, that scene Parents just need to know to be ready to navigate that if you've got little and to a Can I say, it's not gory. It's, it's No, just, no, it's not gory. It's you're not going to see blood and, uh, you know, guts and, you know, and all no, that. No, nothing like that. But it is, but it is uh, flat. It's, it's a little bit, whoa, in the middle of a happy-go-lucky right. Christmas exactly. tale. Uh, and Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, let's talk a bit about what that is, the story. Well, you... You just talked about it. I mean, it's a story of an inventor, and he has invented this, oh, I don't even know whether you would characterize it as a doll, or, or how would you even talk about Don Juan? What would your characterization be? I think he's an AI. We'll just call him a little yeah, AI it, uh, creation. Yeah, and so this AI creation is self-aware enough to know he doesn't want any more like him to be created, and he kind of... In some ways, he's not quite a, a satanic character, but he deceives another one of, of this inventor, and his name is Geronicus Jangle. His workers and, and his sort of protege runs off with all the plans and with Don Juan and becomes famous. And so even though Geronicus Jangle is the brilliant genius behind it all, it's the guy who ripped him off who ends up getting famous. And and he has uh, a little granddaughter named Journey who sort of becomes the catalyst to pull him out of the woe is me, victimized self-absorption that he falls into. And, you know, honestly, Michelle, there are lots of things in our life that can be huge and tragic or they can be small but still seemingly really important to us that can cause us to fall into that victim mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes we just need somebody close to us to, you know, in a very loving way, say, you know what? It's not that bad. <laughs> Come on <laughs> out with home. the rest of us right. and, and enjoy life. And I think that's the kind of story we see with Jeronicus uh, Jangle and uh, Forrest Whitaker plays his, the title role there. And, and, uh, and he's just delightful. And it's good, and the music is good, and the acting is fabulous, and the story so well done. And I will even liken it a bit to Hamilton because of its yeah. diverse cast, yep. the yep. very good too. music. But um, I'm even going to go out and pe- people, I know, those of you who just adore Hamilton, I'm going to say it's even better. Because uh, in Hamilton, it's kind of uh, sterile, the, the stage, the things that are happening, right. you don't see... Here, I mean, it, it's there's a lot of action for all ages, and it's it's colorful and entertaining and dancing, and it's I just loved it. Now to move on, though, uh, you there at Plugged In are kind of re- revisiting the spirit of Christmas past. If you go to your website, uh-huh. it's not just some of the movies that are new. You have some movies for Christmas that are from the past that we might want to take another look at this year. Yeah, that's right. We've got um, up on our homepage, we've got Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. And in, on our homepage, if you're there, you'll see right at the top, DVD and streaming. And back, you know, when we all went to theaters, 
films in theaters would have gotten the primary spot, but we've moved that because the reality is most of us are watching streaming stuff. And so each week we look at what's coming new to Netflix, what's coming new to Amazon, um, and try to move those films up so that you can get a, you know, a fresh look maybe at an old film. Uh, and so Dr. Seuss's The Grinch is one of the ones that we moved up and man, talk about a terrific movie. Um, I like this better than the original and I'm sure there are people out there who will cry heresy, but it, it actually is a, okay, well that's <laughs> fine. Uh, I will let you, I, here's why I like it better. I, to me, the original, uh, Grinch was always dark enough that even though there's a redemptive turn, he always was frightening to me. And this movie feels less frightening to me. He's a slightly kinder, gentler Grinch, even at his Grinchiest. Um, and I <laughs> okay. think that, I think this movie that's is more accessible. Because you know what? I, that's why I like the old Grinch is that, you know, that's kind of how real life is. You know, I, right? I think we have, we have people who are pretty Grinchy. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, it is a very good Grinch. And the Grinch never gets old. I enjoy it. You have other movies, too, uh, the, like... Uh, uh, Black Beauty, and that's uh -huh. something that you have on there. I, I wanted to ask you about another uh, another film, Discarded Things. We talked earlier with Karen Abercrombie. You may know her as Miss Clara from The War Room. She is involved in the writing and producing of Discarded Things. Have you seen it? Okay. I have not. That is a, a new one for me. And, you know, it's sort of part and parcel with the time that we're in right now. There's so much stuff happening that even as we try to stay on top of it, uh, sometimes we're not aware of things. So tell me about it. Okay, so Discarded Things is a story of a woman who loses her husband, turns to alcohol. She is uh, a, a professor of music, and it all falls apart, but she has to go on. So uh, she gets a job teaching music to, well, some kids who are pretty discarded, uh, some kids hmm. who have had a, a rough past, you know, unwed pregnancies and uh, uh, broken families, and watching them come together through faith and through uh, perseverance. It's a pretty well done film, and uh, Karen brings her deep abiding and indomitable faith to discarded things it's huh. uh, i believe it's on pure flicks um, okay. and it's actually worth the see so i'd encourage you go and see it and tell me what you think about it if you get a chance it, it's it's actually pretty pretty good and targeting youth in a time where everything targets youth but it targets them uh from somewhat the wrong angle so it's it's definitely worth the see well, I'm glad you mentioned um, Pure Flix because we are just beginning to go back and pick up some of the movies that are there. You know, Pure Flix is one of the streaming networks that is out there that people may not be as familiar with as, you know, your typical Disney Plus or Amazon Prime or Netflix. Uh, but it is one that has movies and TV shows and there, you know, it's older content and new content as well. Um, we're um, going to be doing a movie that'll be coming up here in a couple of weeks. I won't steal my thunder here, 
just yet, but that is on our radar, and I am glad okay. to know about this good, one. Good, so good. thank you. Yeah, we'll be talking in the future about Last Champion, some other ones that you can see. Well, that's the one. I'm, that's the one I'm talking is it? about. Uh-huh. Yeah. So maybe we'll we can talk about it next week. But yeah, I, I think I it comes to... out next week. In our in our final couple minutes together, talk about some of the other things that are out there, like television. You know, it's all when you're watching television, it's all sitcoms, uh, medical, you know, hospitals, a uh, fire, or police, and sometimes sci-fi. It's kind of lacking in the family sit around the living room wholesome things. Uh, we talked with Brian Bird, executive producer of Wing Calls the Heart. Season 8 is uh-huh. coming out. And boy, have oh, they had That is right. our favorite. Right? Uh, they, that's fabulous. And you also wrote something on your blog uh, on uh, Plugged In that uh, talks about uh, the season 2 of Chosen. Yeah. Well, Chosen is streaming on multiple platforms. I believe it's on VidAngel but I think it may even be on YouTube. Um, but Chosen is an interesting um, story on multiple levels. It is Dallas Jenkins, who is Jerry Jenkins' son, is the director of it. And it is a series that takes a look at the life of Christ. And each episode typically focuses on one character in the story. And so you get this sort of multifaceted perspective on the story of Jesus as it moves forward uh, and they are they're crowdfunding it so they have done it online and i don't have those details front of mind right this but second but it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing what and they've been able I think to that, do yeah i think that i just saw they have enough money now to finish season two uh, but it's kind of a phenomena in terms of of funding and creating something and uh, michelle it's really good um yeah and I say that like I'm surprised, but, you know, we've all seen some (laughs) Christian stuff that maybe when we got done, we're like, bless their hearts, you know, nice story, (laughs) not an Academy Award nominee, but, but uh, the chosen is, is terrific. And it will, it's provocative in the best sense of the word in that it will, um, it will provoke you to think about the biblical story in new ways. Um, It's gritty enough that I don't know that I would watch it at least the first time with really young children. Uh, okay. Because I think that's the other thing is it's not sanitized. It is gritty. Um, and, and not like without R-rated, an, gratuitous yeah, gritty. Without being inappropriate. Yeah. Well, right. Well, no, it's not, in, it, it's not inappropriate. But I think that it, sometimes we get used to Bible stories and we can sort of see sort of imagining what it must have been like. But, you know, if Jesus is actually going in and casting demons out of somebody... What would that have been like? Well, that would be an example of one of the situations yeah. that you'll see on the show. You know, it was the important confrontation. Adam, is that real life is gritty, and when we no, that's absolutely Bible right. stories to the point where they they lose all of their reality. They just become these little fantasy fairyland stories. They lose yep. some of that of that redemptive power. So I'm looking yeah. forward to, I have not watched Chosen, so that's something I am looking forward to. And I am looking forward to our next encounter where we will talk about The Last Champion, <laughs> maybe some more Christmas films, because we yep. love getting you plugged into the movies with the one and only Adam Holtz. Adam, thanks for hanging out with us and getting us ready for the weekend. Absolutely, Michelle. It's always one of the highlights of my week, so I look forward to talking next week. 
I just love Christmas movies, don't you, Michelle? Yes. We just put up all of our Christmas lights and our Christmas tree yesterday, and I am not going to let COVID and the lockdown and everything that's been going on in 2020 take down my spirits and my joy this holiday. I'm determined not to let that happen. And me and Michelle decided to end this program with one of our favorite things, and that is to play some weird news stories. Now it gets weird. Weird news. So to start this new segment off, I wanted to keep with the theme of Christmas. And this story starts out with a group of Santa Clauses riding around on jet skis for charity. Listen to this one. Surf's up Santa. About 150 people dressed as jolly old St. Nick rode jet skis in the waters of Queensland, Australia's Gold Coast for charity to help out children in need. The claws playing, I mean cosplaying Santas, rode up and down and all around the Narang River, managing to raise close to $7,000 for the Christmas presents for kids in care charity. The jet ski parade was not only for a good cause, but was also an attempt to break the 2014 record of a jet ski parade, which had 129 people. Organizer Jane Padden said, We had a lot of people on the Gold Coast that were for it. And it was just a really lovely response from the Gold Coast. Patton also added next year she's wanting to have the parade be even bigger in order to break the record again. And that every year she hopes to keep making it bigger and bigger. I just love that when people do fun things for a great cause, there is nothing better. And it's definitely a little weird. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I got both of these weird news stories off of Buzz 60. And for our last and final weird news story of the day, me and Michelle wanted to pick something that was cute weird. It is about a beaver whose name is Justin Beaver. And they use him for environmental education, taking him to schools. But when they were trying to train him to become the educator... He tore up this poor lady's house. Listen to this one. This is Justin, and he's a beaver. But what's he so eager about? Well, teaching. He's a licensed educational animal, meaning the Second Chances Wildlife Center uses him as an ambassador to teach environmental education programs to schools and other organizations. But it took this adorable rodent a while to get where he is today. That's because he was rescued just three years ago by the animal sanctuary. And at the beginning, Justin Beaver was a bit of a troublemaker himself. Bridget Brouillard exactly executive director at the Kentucky-based Wildlife Center and carer for Justin said about bringing him up as a baby, it was a huge commitment for me. My daily schedule revolved around him, adding, JB needed to do what his brain was telling him that he should do, which was to build. He ruined many things in my house, but he was doing the best he could under the circumstances. That's because beavers can't tell the difference between a tree and, oh, say, that antique table that's been in your family for generations. Gnawing on and stealing just about anything they can get their hands or teeth on. But now they've built him his own enclosure where he can gnaw, swim, build, and we can only imagine plan his next educational lesson. Well, that concludes the end of our program. I want to thank you all for listening to My Michelle Live. Please tune in next week. We're going to have some more awesomely incredible programs to share with you guys. My name is Lisa J. I'm Michelle Mendoza. And we'll catch you again next week. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.